Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In today's show, we cover the five biggest news stories from the world of Formula 1, including a shock move for Pierre Gasly, where now for Mick Schumacher, Audi in but Porsche out, Ferrari under pressure, and the confirmation that Spa is safe. Goodman, and you're listening to the fantastic Cut to the Race podcast. Hello, my name is Ron and you're listening to the Formula Words podcast. Hi, I'm Rosanna Tennant, and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast. Hi, I'm Jordan King, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Crofty. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go. Welcome to News from the Nerds, a midweek news show brought to you by the Formula Nerds. Every Wednesday, we update you on everything you need to know from the world of F1. The show is brought to you by the news team at Formula Nerds. Keep up to date with all the latest news by visiting our website at formulanerds.com. So Sam's acting as our roaming reporter for a couple of weeks and is currently in Belgium. But we do have Abby. How are things, Abby? I'm good. I'm a bit jealous of Sam for being able to go to all these races, but I'm good. How are you, James? I'm alright, a bit jealous too, but you know, pleased to be here with you guys. Uh, and I'm also joined by Catherine again, how's it going? It's going pretty well, thank you. Glad to hear it, and because two Jameses are better than one, James, how are you? I'm very well, thank you James, how are you James? <laughs> I'm also well, thank you James, and I'll throw to Abby, because I believe she has her first bit of news. I do, and the news surrounds Gasly and Alpine and McLaren and Piastri, the names that we've seen all through the summer break in the news. So just a little update on the Piastri fiasco. They went, they were in court with the Contract Recognition Board on Monday to decide whether Piastri is an abiding contract with Alpine and a decision is set to be released tomorrow on Thursday. So hopefully we will finally have confirmation of whether Piastri will be racing for Alpine or whether he'll be racing for McLaren. However, it has now come out that Piastri isn't Alpine's preferred driver to fill Alonso's seat. It is actually Pierre Gasly. 
which I think is quite cool. If he goes to Alpine, we'll have two French drivers driving for a French team. But there are some reservations because there is a bit of a rift between Gasly and Ocon. Ocon believes that he could be a partner and a teammate to Gasly. But Gasly said, we're not friends anymore because apparently during their karting days before they even reached Formula One, Gasly was beating Ocon and Ocon didn't like it. And Paul Doresta over the weekend of the Belgian Grand Prix confirmed that it's no secret that the two of them have a bit of tension that they don't really get on. What do you guys think? Do you think we could see Gasly going to Alpine? And will that cause potential problems within the team because of this rift with Ocon? Right. Firstly, and most importantly, what am I going to have to do to make Piasco catch on? Because I really thought it was going to happen and no one's saying it. You keep saying Piastri Fiasco. But I, I do apologize. That's all right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think from the outside, it would be great to watch if we do. Like you say, it'd be cool to have an all French team. I mean, uh, it's pretty rare. The last one I can remember was maybe uh, McLaren with Lewis and Jensen in terms of like a full team with two drivers from their own country. Um, so that'd be cool. And yeah, the fireworks that could potentially ensue would be great to watch. If they do. Well, what I, what I was going to say is that it would probably even be good for Gasly to finally get sort of a better seat and a better car. But the thing is, would he then fall under pressure again, like he had done once with Red Bull? Or is he now sort of over that and can actually take on? And I think something really interesting that we would see between Ocon and Gasly is who is going to be the leader, sort of, because... Ocon over the weekend, he was saying that he can see himself as being the leader of Alpine and maybe having another young driver alongside him. But if he has Gasly, I think that's going to be a really different story. To me, it's a bit of another reminder of the uh, the Ocon and Perez days. I think we could be in for round two this time with Gasly. Those two, has been, as, as, we, as we said, do not get along, to put it very mildly. And Ocon... I think did play a part in Fernando Alonso's departure from the team. I think he's very difficult to work with from what from what we can gather sometimes from what the drivers say. So it will be a battle for supremacy and it will be very fun to watch. But Gasly does need to get out of the Red Bull stable. He won't be in there for much longer because there are other drivers who will be coming through. So I think Alpine's the right place for him. And he has enough resiliency after what he's been through with Red Bull to be able to cope with Esteban Ocon, who, I'm, who I have no doubt will throw a lot of things at him. As will, as will the team. And uh, hopefully we'll see a, a a renewed Pierre Gasly outside the Red Bull family. But for sure, he needs to leave now, for sure. That's interesting you mentioned about Ocon and Perez, James, because Paul Doresta did actually say that it's, like, it's known that Ocon is actually difficult to get on with because of his history with Perez. And then him and Alonso haven't always been that friendly when they've been teammates. So put that plus the rift between Gasly and Ocon... It would definitely be interesting. But obviously, Gasly was confirmed to the drive for AlphaTauri next season. So it will depend whether Alpine win and then can get compensation from McLaren as to whether they will pay out AlphaTauri to actually get Gasly. But Horner has said that they will wait and see what the outcome is of this whole Piasco court battle. Thank you. Um, another thing I just thought, did we not break this uh, this? idea first i'm pretty sure in our midsummer driver transfer mayhem show somewhere between my my hot take of uh where 
Piastri might end up. I think we put Gasly in Alpine, didn't we? So there you go. Come here first for your hot takes there sometimes. Maybe right. Well, let's move on to uh, the second to, to the second question of the day, which is what next for Mick Schumacher? The son of the legendary seven-time world champion Michael Schumacher has been told at the end of the season that his contract with the Ferrari Driver Academy will come to, quote, its natural end. Now, Mick hasn't had the strongest of the start of the season. He crashed a lot, as we know, wrote off a few chassis. And I, t- I remember talking in, uh, during the summer as well beforehand about how he will he will be aware of this when the new car part, the car parts arrive and they weren't going onto his car. He hasn't been able to perform at another level since he came back, since he did that amazing Silverstone run. And the only place where he can go now, realistically, I think is Williams. I don't see any, any other opening for him. Alpine, possibly, but as we know, Gasly is the target, as what we just talked about. And then uh, Sebastian Vettel has said that he could go to McLaren, but obviously he, that's where Piastri is going. So what do you guys think? I mean, the Schumacher name is important to Formula One and we need to keep it in the sport. Do we think Mick stands a chance of maybe replacing uh, Nicholas Latifi next season? What do we think? I think he would definitely have a chance. But at the same time, they also have, for example, talks with Logan Sargent, who they have been looking at. So that could maybe play against his favour just because he already sort of had two years to try and prove himself. But at the same time, as you said, he is um, Mick Schumacher and... I think that anyone, no one, I, sorry, I think that no one on the grid would try and sort of disrespect his name like that. And they know that he didn't have it all plain sailing at Haas. Well, at least in my opinion. Um, at the same time, we never know whether maybe Haas can extend his contract too. Just just because he's not driving, uh, just because he's not in the Ferrari Academy anymore. If Haas do not find another driver for next year, they would still need someone to fill in the seat. And also, on McLaren, we still don't know whether Piastri is driving there yet. So, Well, touching on uh, you saying about who would drive for Haas, I saw, I've seen some rumours uh, recently about it probably being Giovinazzi. And that's kind of seems to be building up quite a lot of momentum. And I just don't get that. I don't get it from anyone's perspective, really. I mean, yes, Mick has maybe underwhelmed. But yeah, he, he seems to be progressing as the season's gone on. He's kind of finding his feet. Yes, we all thought he was doing better than he was last year because Mazepin was Mazepin. But he's he's still got potential. And if Haas and Ferrari, according to both of them, there's no say in the Haas seat from Ferrari anymore. Why are they dropping the guy who's just lost his Ferrari driver academy place for now what is basically the only Ferrari-affiliated driver in Geo? that they could take, who has gone and had a really underwhelming Formula E season. Yeah, I don't see... I'm a bit baffled, like you, James, about Giovinazzi coming back to Haas. I don't see that myself. With Schumacher, he does deserve a spot in F1, but it shouldn't be just because his name's Schumacher. He he has the talent. I think he just needs to unlock more of it. He could have a shot at the Williams seat, like Catherine said, Logan Sargent is a potential driver for them. I don't think that we'll see him move into F1 next year. I think he'll have another season in Formula 2. Um, but with the Ferrari Driver Academy, 
there are some very promising young talents coming through, like Enzo Fittipaldi. He's currently sixth in the F2 standings and part of the academy. And Ollie Behrman as well, who is currently racing in F3, so won't be in F1 next season or possibly the year after that. But he's second in those championships. So I think there's a lot of talent coming through. For Mick, I'm hoping he'll stay in F1. I don't know where he'll end up, but Williams could be a possibility. So moving on, Audi announced last week that they will be entering the sport in 2026. They're widely expected to join forces with Sauber, with it also confirmed that the Swiss team's partnership with Alfa Romeo will soon be coming to an end. So how are you all feeling about that? Excited for Audi or disappointed to see the Alfa name depart? Well, my biggest question, simply put, is what they're going to do for the next three years. So Sauber, the Sauber group... Yeah, I mean, Sauber Group have Alfa Romeo. It's not just a title partnership. It's everything. It's technical expertise. Obviously, it's a sponsorship side as well. But they're integrated into the team, but only but only from a, an outside perspective. I mean, the 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 head of Alfa Romeo once called uh, the actual uh, car, uh, car business, sorry, once said it was uh, the best uh, sponsorship deal in the world because of how much exposure they get. But it works two ways. So how will, how will Sauber Group then stay on the grid? Are Audi already working in the background? Are they going to provide sponsorship to the team before they come in? And and in which case you'd end up with a really weird scenario of Audi, Sauber, Ferrari, which would just make no sense whatsoever. Uh, I'm I'm really curious to see how Sauber are going to continue in the sport. They will, but how? Yeah, that that is a good point, James. And because Alfa Romeo and Sauber, the term, the partnership ends at the end of next year, so there's still two years left to go until Audi actually enter Formula One. I'm glad that we actually had the confirmation because there's been speculation all season with Audi and Porsche. It's good to actually have some concrete knowledge. And I think it's great for the Volkswagen group because having Audi come in, just they haven't necessarily confirmed their partnership with Salbia. I think that's coming at the end of the year. But just to have this announcement, it kind of marks the first step. Well, speaking of the Volkswagen group, of course, another team that are part of it are Porsche. Uh, it was actually Porsche who seemed the most likely to be about to announce their future involvement. There have been rumours of the Red Bull-Porsche partnership being confirmed since as early as the Austrian Grand Prix, and yet still nothing. There are now rumours that there might be trouble in paradise before the honeymoon's even begun. It reportedly boils down to some in the Red Bull camp having an issue with the 50% stake that Porsche are after. So how do we think it's going to play out? Is this a bit like Ross saying Rachel's name at the wedding? before we get to the honeymoon period, in a way. Because I, th- I feel like that's, that's a, that seems to be what this is turning into, it's to be honest. It's a 90s analogy. <laughs> I'm, a ch- I'm a child of the 90s. I had no other examples. Forgive me. Um, it, does seem, uh, it does seem like Porsche maybe were a bit, a bit maybe uh, naive in terms of who they were getting into bed with, I think. And uh, I, we'll just see what happens. I... I still think the deal will go through, but I think it's going to be a bit like the the, the BMW and Williams relationship in, back in the early 2000s. It's not going to be a uh, a marriage of love. It's going to be a marriage of convenience. I honestly, for me, I think that Red Bull shouldn't partner with Porsche, in my opinion. No, I really like Porsche like as a, um, as a car manufacturer and even in the sport, but it, and I was really excited they were, they were going to get into F1. But then I don't think that partnering with Red Bull would be really smart. I think it wouldn't be smart for Red Bull because with the upcoming projects that they have um, with the Red Bull powertrains. And they also said that 
Despite Honda exiting the sport, there is still an element of Honda. So a lot of the people at the Red Bull powertrains are going to be people from Honda. And what they had together, it was really good. And they proved it. So I just feel that it is not really a good option to go into business with Porsche. And then what will happen with Honda? Will they will they still be in the equation or are they just out? Because eventually Honda did say that they too want to make a return. So then there are going to be three car manufacturers, sort of, which will cause some confusion too. Yeah, I think it's kind of taking its time. So I feel like it might not actually happen because I think the deadline to enter, like to pay the entry fee and register with the FAA is coming up. It is. It's uh, the 15th of October, I believe. Uh, and of course, there's there's Honda sniffing around, maybe coming back in, or the option of Red Bull just carrying on with their own in-house power units. The balance of power is kind of swinging back towards them, really, uh, with that deadline approaching. Um, yeah, which is where the manufacturers have to commit to entering F1 if they're going to. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm just waiting for Peugeot to do a last-minute dash and surprise the entire F1 paddock by announcing their return. I think at this rate, though, with you know, with the German manufacturers coming in, it would be BMW, might as well. Yeah, why not? Uh, but from Germany to Italy, shall we uh, talk a bit about Ferrari messing up? Yeah, so no enough questions asked because I think that Charles Leclerc is tired of them now because Ferrari are really under pressure if they want to go and still contest for the championship. So after the Belgian Grand Prix, we saw yet another mishap as we already discussed in the race review. So they've put Leclerc on on wrong tyres and they lost points because they tried to contest for the fastest lap but they didn't get it instead they got a five second penalty for Leclerc speeding just one kilometre over the limit so that is really unlucky from for him but uh, we have heard them also asking Leclerc many questions during lap 19 of the race and now people are getting tired of the team's mistakes and they are they are also asking for Mattia Benotto to stand down from his position. I do not think that this will happen and he said that that is not happening but Ferrari are losing their championship hope. We had Leclerc say that um, he will still believe that he can get the championship, but then after the Belgian Grand Prix, he told Sky that it's really difficult, that they're just going to focus race by race. And then Benotto said that he is counting on Max not finishing races in order for them to win the championship, which basically tells you everything. Another note, on another note, meanwhile, um, Benotto also talked about the budget cap. He said that the FIA needs to make... He said that they need to do more monitoring on the budget cap. So his exact words were the number of people in the FIA monitoring is very little and it has to improve for the future because it would be really bad if somehow a championship was dictated by a financial regulation and not technical or sporting. So this is a bit controversial because we have already sort of, for example, seen Mercedes dominate and we knew that they were sort of the richest team in Formula One. So what do we have to say about that? I think that's their best hope for the championship now, really, isn't it? Red Bull somehow messing up the budget cap so badly they get disqualified entirely. I think other than that, it's gone, isn't it? Let's be real. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think it was clear that Red Bull, like that Spa flattered Red Bull. Uh, I'm hoping for the sake of at least, you know, a few exciting races on the run-in that 
that was the case and it wasn't just whatever these uh, technical directives have, have done have just ruined. At least we had a battle between two at the front and now we're going to have nothing. Yeah, I think for me, like, yes, Ferrari have a lot of issues and problems to solve, especially within their strategy team. But for the team principal to say, we're counting on Max not finishing races, whilst that may be true in their eyes, that's not a good thing to say. I feel like to boost your team and actually give them momentum in that and to make them want to work hard, you can't go, oh yeah, we just need to wait for our competitors to like retire from the race and then we'll do well. You need to actually have some faith in your drivers and the team. But it is very interesting with the budget cap because I think Mercedes have said that they can't afford to do some stuff. So it is very interesting that Red Bull are doing all of these. And there were rumours that they're going to reduce the weight of their car by building a new chassis. But I think Horner then said, no, we're not. These chassis that we have can last for loads of races. But I hope that it is decided, the championship is decided based on the cars and the action on track. And it isn't by money i know money is a big part of f1 nowadays but it shouldn't decide who wins we should actually have a battle between the drivers to see who wins i completely with you baby on that one and what i would say as well is if ferrari screwed up at monza in any way and we have a repeat of any of the instances we've had which there are as we as you say catherine so many to choose from now you watch the do you watch the um how can i put that the narrative change within the italian media and the ferrari camp if they screw up in any way to in the extent they have done in recent races, Bonotto's head will be called for. And the problem is, it's not Bonotto's fault per se, but he is presiding over the problem. And he's not t- tackling the problem. He's just letting it continue onwards. And then, you know, we, we've, otherwise we're just covering our ground again as we did in the race review of, of how, they, how they're talking to the drivers and how they're talking to the media, etc. Um, no team principal should ever come out and say, that we're expect we, what we we need the uh, our, our competitors to not finish races. That's not what you say to the media when you're challenging for a world title. You could say it's challenging and it's difficult, but you never admit defeat like that because that's just given another massive win to Red Bull. Just to play devil's advocate to that, I mean, even if he said we're going to win every race for the rest of the year, Max second still wins. So he, they kind of mathematically need a, a retirement. So it's kind of, but I, I take your point. I mean, I think actually to be fair to Bonotto, he did say after France, he was like, oh, we could win it all 10 races for the rest of the year and then it'd be fine. But but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, they're now fully a meme. I mean, it's, you couldn't believe after Australia that this is how this season was going to play out. The amount of memes I've been sent over the last couple of months of Ferrari, just uh, in terms of their strategy calls or how they or how Charles Leclerc is performing, sometimes that was a particularly bad one after France. But they're mostly all about the st- the strategy errors. Uh, Ferrari must know their communications department must know that they are a walking meme right now. They have to be aware of it, surely. Coming into the season, I thought I was like, oh, maybe I'll be a, a Tifoso this year. You know, I'd, I'd quite like Charles to do well or Carlos, and I made it about five six races and I can take it anymore. I don't know how they do it. 14 years of pain now, whatever it must be. But yeah, we've, we've touched on Belgium and in our final piece of news this week, we'll go back to Belgium. Not right now, but certainly next year at least with a one year extension having been agreed. So this is because the plans for South African Grand Prix have been put on hold for now. So we're all happy with this, right? Um, nothing against a race in South Africa, obviously, and I hope one gets sorted out soon but uh, just not at the expense of Spa. 
Yeah, it would be good to have a South African Grand Prix. And like Lewis Hamilton has said that F1 needs it. I think besides Antarctica, it's the only continent that doesn't currently have a race. Um, but yeah, Spa is part of F1's history. It's iconic. It's had loads of great races there. So I am glad that it's back on the calendar for at least one more year. I did find it quite funny when um, uh, President Ben Sulaim and, and uh, Stefano Domenicali were saying it live on Sky Sports, all they could say is, oh, it's fine. We've got it for next year and we're happy to be back. And then Martin Brundle said, well, what about the year after that? Oh, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll act in that. We'll act in the best interest of Formula One. I just wish sometimes, I know they ha- I know they can't say things out loud. I just wish they would rather than trying to cover, you know, pull the wool over, your eye, over, over our eyes because we know what they mean. They want it. They, 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 they want the South African Grand Prix and it will replace Spa. They can't say that because they'd be lynched. But, I just don't understand why. Well, as you said, Abby, money, I guess. But what I really liked from this weekend, though, is I felt that at the Grand Prix, the the organization that goes with all the um, with all the planning for it, I feel like they really went all out. Like even just if you see the atmosphere, it was sold out too, and even like the huge party after the race and all that. Um, I know that of course it happens at other Grand Prix, but even for example, Naomi Schiff was saying how there was something about this Grand Prix that it felt like it was a bit extra just to show Formula One that listen, we want to keep holding this, and even the fans want it. So I think it was really good from that, and it is just a bit a pity how sometimes. It's like we cannot even protest against it. Like, for example, in football, when there was the Super League happening, everyone went to the stadiums, everyone to a protest. I was I was the one there too, you know, and we stopped it. But it just it frustrates me that in Formula One, we cannot, like money keeps winning every single time. Yeah, I mean, I guess they, they went all out, didn't they, to try and prove. I mean, but it's the racing is why people want Spa. I mean, like... It was great. And I had a couple of friends there as well who apparently had an amazing time. And obviously Sam's been there. And I mean, has anyone heard from Sam? Maybe maybe he's just disappeared into the party at Spa. But uh, yeah, that's, I just, I definitely agree. I think South Africa is uh, essential. I just, I don't think Spa's the one to make way for it. I think that is about all we've got time for. Uh, thanks for joining us. Be sure to head over to FormulaNerds.com to check out the latest news. And of course, on all your usual social outlets, and then go and check out the Cut to the Race podcast, where the race reviews returned with Belgium this week. And of course, we're heading to the Dutch Grand Prix next week for the second part of the triple header, Max's home race. And after the performance this weekend, is anyone counting against him? Delighting the Orange Army. Uh, so, yeah, that's you up to date with the world of F1 for now. Thanks, everyone, for joining me. Abby, was it a pleasure as always? It was always a pleasure, James. I'm glad. And James, is it ever a chore? Always a pleasure, never a chore. And Catherine, will you be back next week for some more? I will be back for some more. I'm glad to hear it. Right, cheers guys, and until next week, over now. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go! Sports Social Podcast Network.